Hey y'all, it's Jen, your host of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast and CEO of Success Beyond the Lens, a business management and marketing company for photographers. On this podcast, I'm going to be giving you the actual tips and advice I use every day to run my clients' businesses. I'm also going to be interviewing some awesome professional photographers, marketing experts, Facebook ag gurus, and so many more to ensure you are running a well-rounded business. So grab your coffee or your wine or maybe a glass of water and let's dive in. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining on another episode of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. And I'm really, really pumped to bring you today's episode. I know I basically say that every time, but it's the truth. So today I'm going to be answering a question that I get a lot with my clients or I see a lot in different Facebook groups. I am very lucky that I have been able to join several photographer-specific Facebook groups and my goal in those groups is to really help answer questions, look at strategy, that kind of thing, and network and, and meet other photographers Because my whole goal in running this company and having this podcast is to help photographers succeed, right? And granted, I'm niched down to photographers, but this is going to be pretty generic to any small business owner that has a CRM. And if you're a business owner and you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you probably know how I feel about CRMs. And that if you're a business owner, you should definitely have one. But that's an episode for another day. I've actually probably already recorded it. Today, I'm getting really specific about the steps on setting your CRM up correctly. Now, I see all of the time how frustrated business owners get when they are setting up their CRM and it's not working. As someone who has set up I have no idea how many CRMs um, over the last like two and a half years. I've created a process that works and it works because it sets the system up in a way that allows for a little back and forth. It creates a streamlined client experience from the start and it makes it easier to create all of the pieces so that the workflow makes sense. So the first thing that I want you to do is if you're listening to this while you're driving, cooking, showering, baking, whatever the case may be, if you have an opportunity to sit down or head to the office, um, your office space, or just grab a pen and paper, hopefully not while you're driving, While you listen to this episode, that is going to be the best way to take advantage of this episode. This is going to be a very like step-by-step actionable episode for you to set up your CRM, not only correctly, but efficiently. All right. So if you're going to go ahead and listen to this episode while you're driving, while you can't sit down and, and write things out, that's totally fine. Let's get started, and then make sure to save this episode, bookmark it, whatever, so that you can come back when you're ready to really sit down and dive into all of this. All right, so my favorite way to do this when 
I am kind of like brain dumping. This isn't how I do it with clients because the process is different. But when I'm thinking out loud for my own workflow, I'm very much like a visual fun person. So I really like to grab some markers and some sticky notes. Now you can replicate this process in Lucid Chart is a really good place in, you know, Google Doc, writing it out, whatever the case may be. But what I want to have happen here is to give you the opportunity to either use different colored stickies or different colored markers or highlighters so that you understand what you will need after you've created this whole process. You're like, what are you talking about, Jen? All right, so let's dive in. So I'm no longer confusing you. So the first thing I want you to do after you've grabbed your markers and sticky notes or pen or whatever is I want you to sit down or stand up. I want you to start working on your flow. And what I mean by that is I want you to think about what your process is with the client. Now, you might sit here and say, Jen, I don't have a process. There is no process. That's why I'm listening to this episode. What in the world are you talking about? Well, the truth of the matter is everybody has a process. Doesn't mean that it works well. Doesn't mean that it's efficient. Doesn't mean it's the best. But you currently have a process. And if you're listening to this episode, you probably don't like it. So that's where you're going to tweak it. That's where this whole brainstorming, mind mapping type of thing comes into play, okay? So right now, think about your current process. A lead comes in, what happens? Are you automatically giving them a call? Is there an email that automatically goes out? Is your pricing guide automatically going out? Are you sending out a link to get on a call? What happens? And if the answer is nothing for three or four days, don't leave this episode until the end (laughs) because that's not okay. All right, so we're going to map out your flow. So that means when a lead comes in, what happens? What's the first thing that happens in the process that you have now? And if you don't like this process, what do you want to do to change it? Do you need to put an automatic email in? Do you need to set up a calendar link on your website for someone to get in touch with you that way? And have that be automatic and have those, they can set the appointment, it comes to your phone, it comes to your calendar, you know you have a consultation call, you know, next Thursday at 5 p.m., all right? So I want you to think about that. What's that first step? And then after that step, what happens? The lead comes in, they've gotten a response of some kind. If that response doesn't include a confirmation for them to get on a call with you, if you're still waiting on them to take that next step, then you need to create a reminder in your flow to follow up with them if they haven't taken the next step themselves. I can't tell you how much business I lost in the first probably 18 months of my business because I didn't follow up. I didn't think to. I figured, eh, they don't want to work with me. Uh, they didn't like me. Uh, I was, you know, too inexperienced. No idea how much business I lost <laughs> because I didn't follow up. I've just assumed people didn't want to work with me. However, how many times have you been like, oh gosh, thank goodness the dentist sent me a reminder because I forgot, you know, my son Joe has a dentist appointment on Thursday. Hello. Thank you, Dr. Kramer. (laughs) 
All right. It's the same type of thing. You have to reach out. You have to follow up and say, hey, I know life gets busy. I'd love to get on a call with you. I'd love to go over pricing with you. I'd love to go over the options with you, whatever you're supposed to, you want to say. Let me know when's a good time. Or if you sent over your pricing already, hey, do you have any questions about what I sent over? Are you still looking for a photographer? I normally do a follow-up method of two days and then one week later and then one month later. And then if it's a client that I really, really want, (laughs) I do another follow-up in six months, give or take. And it's really just based on the feel of that person. If I feel like they're going to be a fantastic fit, if I feel like um, they really need the service, if I feel like we really clicked, all of those things, right? So you want to create a follow-up process that's that's similar. The inquiry comes in, no response, two days later, send something. No response, one week later, send something. No response, a month later, send something. And then archive them if nothing's happened. And depending on the type of event, it depends on if that third follow-up happens or not. Or if my schedule can handle it. That third follow-up may not happen if my schedule can't handle it, right? Because I'm not going to follow up with somebody if I can't get them in. All right? So what you can do when you're mapping out your flow, you're going to do, okay, lead inquiry or let's say new lead inquiry. And then under new lead inquiry, what's the step? Send auto email. What is that? What's that auto email going to include? Your business hours, when they can expect a reply from you and or pricing and or a consultation call link if those two things are something that you want in that first initial email. The second thing is is to set a a to-do to what's your follow-up. Have they booked a call? Have they reached back out? Okay. So then the third, we're going to assume that they've booked a call, you've had emails back and forth, and they want to move forward. They love you. You're amazing. Of course they want to work with you. So we're going to send a proposal. Okay, so we're going to send off that proposal and that proposal should hold your contract in their invoice. Now, I'm speaking from the experience of Dubsado and HoneyBook, but this should work for most CRMs. Um, and with HoneyBook, you have to kind of know what package they're going to go with when you send a proposal. With Dubsado, you can give them that range of options. If you have three different session options, you can send all of those over. And Dubsado will populate which one that they choose. All right, so that proposal is going to go out. They're going to select their session, sign the agreement, and pay the retainer or the invoice. Then what happens? This becomes very specific to what you want your process to be. We're going to send a thank you for booking email regardless of what your process is. (laughs) Thank you so much for booking with me. I'm so honored to be your photographer. I really can't wait to to capture you and your family. And then can you fill out this questionnaire so I can get to know you guys? Or, hey, I'll be in touch in a couple of weeks closer to your session dates with some prep emails. Whatever your process looks like there, okay? And again, this is going to be very particular to your workflow to your process. This isn't something that I can tell you to do. I personally love questionnaires. I love getting a chance to just find out some basics of the person who I'm working with. Now, I'm not a photographer, so, you know, I'm not using them in that sense of of the word, but it's a really good way to show up to your session 
feeling like you already know them. You can use their names. You can use their kids' names. You can use their dog's name. And that builds rapport and trust between you and that client. And that's how you keep clients coming back. That's how you retain clients, by building that like, know, and trust factor. Again, different podcast, different day. I actually think I have one like a few episodes ago about how to retain clients. But that's a really good way. It's using your questionnaires to get to know your clients. So when you show up to your session, you can answer them, communicate with them, interact with them genuinely knowing or having a sense of who they are. All right. So questionnaire. Or are you going to send a scheduler out to for them to schedule their session date instead of the whole back and forth, back and forth with, hey, I'm available on this date. Oop, that date doesn't work for me. Can we do it this date? Nope, that date doesn't work for me. Can we do it this date? Y'all, I've been scheduling sessions for years. I know how that goes. Okay. And I do it for several photographers. <laughs> so I know how, um, you know, tedious that can become. So make it easier on yourself. If you have a schedule that allows you to create a link for your clients to schedule based on their availability matched with your availability, then skip the back and forth and use a scheduler. That doesn't make it, I hear all the time, doesn't that make it less personal? No, it doesn't make it less personal. Like, hello, you're making it more convenient for the client to get on your calendar. That's a lovely thing. (laughs) You know, and if you're worried about your workflow being impersonal, add a call in there. Make time to get on the call, get on a call for 20 or 30 minutes with your clients before their session. That works wonders for working through nerves, setting final details, knowing what their what kind of look they want, figuring out final locations and outfits. I love prep calls, okay? So this is the type of process that you wanna think of. Okay, you guys, we are getting ready to launch the Become a Virtual Assistant for Photographer program live again. I'm pumped. Our beta round was so good. We had so many great testimonials come out of it. And I have packed this round with even more bells, whistles, tools, tips, tricks, and trainings than the last one. You can go ahead, sign up for the wait list, and you will be put into a drawing to win a scholarship into the program. This program is going to cover how to land your first client, what kind of services different photographers need, and a slew of other information that is going to help you uplevel your virtual assistant business or start it off on the right foot. I've been doing this for a while and I cannot wait to share with you guys my tips and knowledge and tools and tricks to grow your virtual assistant business. All right, lead in, proposal, questionnaire, scheduler. What other to-dos do you need to be part of the flow? Do you need to remember to grab extra camera gear? Do you need to remember to charge your batteries? Do you need to remember to back up your galleries or back up your um, cards? Do you need to remember to order a client gift? Do you need to remember to get a permit for certain locations? All of these things can be made as part of your workflow. So that you get a reminder, hey, you're going to need that permit on Thursday, okay? Having a CRM and setting it up correctly saves you so much time. 
I know if you decide to do this on your own, I know it feels cumbersome and tedious and nail biting and wanting to pull out your hair, but that's why I'm creating this episode. I want to make these steps easier for you. All right, so we have the skeleton of our flow. The other thing I want you to do is after your session, they should get a, hey, what's expected next? When should they get their gallery? If you're doing a reveal session, when is that reveal session going to be? If they have a minimum that they need to meet at an IPS meeting, hey, you know, these are our products. The minimum is $1,000 or whatever it is. And that obviously should be discussed prior to them getting that far in the process. Okay, so then at the very, very end, there should be some type of way to leave you a testimonial or feedback. You can create a questionnaire in HoneyBook for feedback, or you can create a form in Dubsado for, for feedback. Dubsado actually has in their template library a um, very nice, simple, general feedback template. That's normally what I pull into our clients' accounts. I dress it up in their branding, make sure the questions make sense for them. There you have it, okay? It's going to make your life so much easier to pull testimonials, to post in your Instagram stories. Instagram feed, wherever. Or if you wanted to, you know, leave a link to your wedding wire account or your not account or where wherever, that's totally fine too. But make sure you're gathering testimonials. Make sure you're gathering reviews. It's so important. So important. All right. So we've mapped out your flow. Now that you have your flow mapped out, I want you to grab, let's say, one, two, three, four, five different colored highlighters, markers, pens. If you don't have that many colors, that's totally fine. We'll use like symbols, a star, a square, a diamond, a circle. I should probably brush up on my shapes because I can't think of anything else. (laughs) Asterisk, whatever. So now look at your flow. You've got it written out. Now I want you to mark what you need. This This is the secret sauce, okay? I'm literally giving you the secret sauce for free. Mark what you need. And what I mean by that, if you're creating a form, so your lead lead inquiry that came in filled out a form. That's gonna be a form. Put whatever color or shape you are going to use for form next to the lead inquiry, okay? Then that lead inquiry gets an automatic email. So that's another color or shape, email, okay? So we have form and email so far. So we talked about sending the automatic email and then a proposal. A proposal is a form. So the same shape or color that you put on the, for the, for the contact form is going to be for the proposal and the questionnaire and the contract and any subagreements. All of those are forms. Okay. Then if you decided to use a scheduler, whether it's a consultation call, an ordering appointment, a session, whatever your scheduler is being used for, use a different color or shape for the scheduler, okay? So now we have forms, schedulers, emails. Now I want you to think about your packages. You're gonna need to write down your packages. What do you have? Do they get broken down into different categories? Are you a wedding and a family photographer? So your wedding packages are gonna be one, family packages are gonna be another. All right, so now you have the pieces you need. Oh, and to-dos, that's the other one. Mark all of your to-dos. 
with a, the same color or shape. So now you're going to look at those different colors and shapes and know what you need to create. You're going to look at the form, take all of those forms. What are they? You need a contact form, at least one proposal. If you have multiple services, you're going to need multiple proposals. So if you're a wedding and family photographer, you're going to need a wedding proposal. I'm going to go off of Dubsado here. You're well um, in uh, HoneyBook and be brochures. So you would need a wedding proposal or brochure, a family proposal or brochure, say you do boudoir, boudoir proposal or brochure, okay? So you're going to separate them. You're not going to put all of your services on one proposal. A wedding client isn't going to get the family packages. So, okay, so you have proposals. How many proposals do you have to make? How many packages do you have to create? So now you know what you have to create in order to make your workflow. That flow that we mapped out, that is what's going to be created in the workflow space of HoneyBook or Dubsado. But you need all of these other pieces before you ever even look at the workflow space. All right. So now you've marked everything you need. You know what forms you need. You know what emails you need. You know what schedulers you need. You know what to-dos you need. You know all of the pieces that you're going to need in order to create a workflow that makes sense for your business. So now it's time to create them. And yes, there is a flow on how to create these pieces. So again, it makes the most sense for your business. It makes the most sense to getting it set up correctly and efficiently. So the first thing you're going to create are your packages. And this is HoneyBook or Dubsado. Definitely Dubsado, for sure. HoneyBook, not as much, does make it a little easier, but Dubsado, you have to make your packages first. It's, there's just no way around it. Create your packages first. And here's some things about Dubsado's packages. So create your package, make sure you give them categories. Okay. So for me, I normally set up the categories. So we'll go back to a wedding family and boudoir photographer, create a category for each of those. And then it's going to fall under services. If you're an IPS photographer, make sure you separate your session fees from your ordering ordering fees, okay? So you'll have family session services, and then we'll say album would be products and then sales. And when you create your packages, you'll know what I'm talking about as I'm saying those different categories. But make sure you give them categories. And for every package you create, you have to give it a minimum quantity quantity of one in order for it to pull in the amount that you give that package. Now, if you have an hourly option, you know, for the business owners that are possibly listening to this, to this episode, yours would be whatever your rate is per hour with one. Or if you did a 10 hour, 15 hour and 20 hour package, then you can do either a flat rate or 35 and your quantity would be 10 for your 10 hour package or 15 or 20, right? So whatever it makes the most sense for you. So now you're gonna create your packages. And then what that's going to allow you to do when you go over to create your proposals, you can automatically pull in those packages instead of having to write them into places. I see that all the time where somebody will write the package on the proposal or type it out, but it's actually not tied to a package because they didn't create the package on the back end. 
So the proposal is just kind of like, it shows a package, but it doesn't actually pull in a package, which defeats the purpose. So that's why we start with packages first. All right. So we are creating your packages. Then you can create your forms, whatever forms you're creating, questionnaire, proposal, subagreement, contracts, contact forms, create those now. All right. And then you have the flow. What emails are in that flow? If you're sending a form, it needs an email. If you're sending a questionnaire, a proposal, a subagreement, whatever, it has to have an email. Otherwise, it's going to be, you know, one of their generic emails that isn't personalized at all, which don't do that. <laughs> so now it's time to write your emails. What do you want your emails to say? Once you have all of those pieces created, then you are ready to work on your workflow. That's when you begin to put your workflow in place. You have to have the puzzle piece or the different puzzle pieces in order for the whole picture to make sense. If one of those pieces is missing, it's just going to make your job putting a workflow together that much harder. Makes it nearly impossible because you like, and I, I did this when I first started doing the Bosado setups, I would try to, you know, I'd build the proposals or the forms, but then I'd pull them into the workflow and be like, dang it, I need to write an email for this. I always got tripped up on the emails or the schedulers. Be like, dang, I've got to like pause this and and then do it again because I have to go create something. So creating it in this flow, in this way, allows you to put the workflow together without all of the back and forth because all of your pieces are there. Your emails are ready to go. Your forms are ready to go. Your to-dos are created within the workflow itself. So you don't actually have a separate place to put those to-dos. You just write them in the workflow. It would be in HoneyBook, it's task. In Dubsado, it's to-do. So you can just plug those in. Okay? I know this was a lot. <laughs> this was a lot of information today. I love actionable podcasts, and this was probably the most actionable podcast I've done. Y'all have my secret sauce <laughs> on creating a workflow that makes sense for a business. Now, there's still a lot of work there. You have to map it out. You have to make sure that you're getting all the pieces that you need. The other thing that I didn't touch on that is really important is your different funnels in, under projects. So HoneyBook has like a set number of funnels in their project statuses that you can't change. You can add some, but you can't change them. Dipsado, you can tailor it almost 100%. So what I mean by that is for, depending on your workflow, you know, you can create statuses that say, you know, new inquiry, consultation call booked, proposal sent, follow-up needed, lost lead for all of your leads. And then for job, this is speaking in Dubsado terms, for job, it would be booked, upcoming session, upcoming weddings, um, completed feedback form sent, you know, something like that so that you know at a glance what's going on in your CRM. It makes it much easier to manage, but you do have to manage it. Like you have to manage it. <laughs> All right. So this was a, a pretty basic workflow. This is going to get kind of get you started. There's a bunch of, you know, there's things in DevSado that you can do that I didn't go over today. Like you can move projects from one status to another automatically based on certain criteria. But that's like getting into the very nitty gritty of, of workflows. But these, this, these steps are the exact steps I use every single setup we do. 
every single one. I really, really hope that this was helpful. I hope you guys are going to get your markers and your stickies <laughs> and actually map this out. If you have a question, I wouldn't love anything more than to get a DM on Instagram or a tag in an in Instagram story, you know, showing me your workflow. I'd be more than happy to take a look at it and give you any pointers or feedback or whatever. All right. I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you guys had a good Easter and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. If you love what you heard today, could you do me a favor? Could you grab a screenshot of the episode and then send it over to your Instagram stories and tag me at Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I love hearing from our audience to see what you guys are loving. And if you really love me, if you could go over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review, I would appreciate it so much. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.